Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through some must-avoid draft day mistakes. So I'm going to go through six specific mistakes that I think are very common in fantasy football drafts, but I also think these are pretty easy to fix. If you guys watch this video and you're enjoying the content, you think it's entertaining or educational, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. That really helps support me a lot and I would appreciate it. Then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. I'll respond to everyone who comments down below, but let's just get right into it with my first draft day mistake to avoid. And it's gonna be reaching for players during positional runs. If you're someone who's done a lot of mock drafts, I'm guessing you kind of notice some of the trends in each round. You know, round one, it tends to be very running back heavy. Round two, you also see a lot of running backs come off the board, maybe some wide receivers. Round three is where normally you see a shift to wide receivers. But here's the thing, not every draft is gonna go exactly to plan. There's gonna be some kind of shakeups. And in a lot of drafts, you're gonna see positional runs. And that's something you see a lot at the quarterback and tight end position. And basically the best way that I can describe a positional run is that you see you know, a few guys at a position go off the board. So maybe like at the tight end position, you're talking about that second tier of guys, Hawkinson, Andrew Pitts, those guys come off the board. Then you know people start to panic. They think, oh, do I need to go out and get a tight end right now? And then maybe people start to go out, they draft Logan Thomas, they draft Noah Fant, they draft Robert Tanyan, you know, maybe a round or two after those guys because they feel like they need to go out and get a tight end. That is what I consider to be a positional run. So it's when people kind of start to panic and just draft a guy at a certain position because they're going off the board at other spots. This happens at quarterback a ton. You know, maybe you see Kyler, Lamar, Josh Allen go off the board. Then all of a sudden, everyone just starts going quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is flying off. You got Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. They're all going super close together, but it really isn't indicative of each player's overall value. And I'm a strong proponent of avoiding these positional runs because when people start to go, they panic, they get a guy at a position, you're just drafting them at a value that is not favorable for their production. And what happens is when other people start to reach, you know, they go out and get a guy that should be going a few rounds later, that is gonna open up value for you at other positions. So if people wanna go tight end, tight end, tight end, there are gonna be options at wide receiver, running back, quarterback, that those players passed on in order to, you know, snag that guy because they got desperate. So I think it's very important to kind of recognize when this is happening and make sure you guys don't fall into this same trap. And you know, like I talked about, it normally happens at quarterback and tight end, but luckily this year, there's a lot of depth at the quarterback position. So if people are starting to panic, they're picking Russ, Herbert, Brady, all these guys early, I really don't think you're gonna have to worry a ton. You're gonna be able to clean up on some value in those rounds, and then you're able to snag a Tannehill, a Stafford, maybe a Jalen Hurts later in the draft. Same thing with tight ends. You know, if people wanna go out and get the Noah Fance, you know, a few rounds after Hawkinson, who cares? You can just wait, snag one of the late round guys that you like, and I really think it's just gonna make your team very well-rounded. You're gonna have better depth than all the other teams in your league, and it's definitely gonna help you guys out a lot. The second mistake I'm gonna talk about that I think is very common is just not reading the draft board. And what I mean by this is when you're on the clock or you're waiting to pick, you have to be aware of the rosters of the teams that are picking around you. This is especially important if you're picking at the start or end of a round, right? So if you have like the second or third pick, there are gonna be opportunities 
where you're gonna have a selection and then there's gonna be four picks after you and then you're gonna be up again. And so you can kind of manipulate your picks based on these other rosters. I think the best example I could probably give is when you're drafting like a quarterback or a tight end. So if you're on the board and you're thinking, hmm, am I gonna draft a quarterback or a tight end here? You can look at the draft board. You can look at the teams that are in between the pick you have right now and the pick in the next round. And you can see if all these teams have quarterbacks or if all of them have tight ends, then you're likely gonna be able to wait to draft that guy in the next round and maximize value at a different position because it's probably unlikely that they're gonna go out and get either a second quarterback or a second tight end you know, until the last few rounds. So stuff like that is very important to pay attention to because you're gonna be able to save some value in two different rounds, right? So if you wanted to reach and get that quarterback, then you're gonna get a worse option in the next round. Instead, you're able to draft a better player in that round, and then you're able to wait and likely get the same guy because you kind of know where the other teams are gonna go with their picks. So I think that's something that's very important to pay attention to, and it's definitely something you have to look out for when you're not on the clock. Because if the time's ticking, you know, you're ready with your pick, you may start to panic a little bit. You don't want to be switching back and forth to look at the draft board, analyzing that all right there. You can kind of look ahead, and that's something you can definitely focus on when you're not actually on the clock. The third mistake that I see a lot is locking into pre-draft strategy. So I get a lot of comments on my videos, like, what do you think about this start for the third pick? And they're like, I want to go with this player, then this player, then this player. You know, they're going like three or four rounds deep into the draft. And, you know, I think that's okay. You obviously want to know what guys are going to be available in that range. You know, if you're doing mock drafts, you're going to have some idea about what potential guys are going to be on the board. But I don't think you should be so laser focused in because then you're going to be losing value at other positions, right? Like if you go into the draft and you're saying, I'm going running back, running back with my first two picks. Maybe you have one of the early picks in the draft. You know, maybe you get McCaffrey with the first pick and you're locked into running back. Something happens, almost everyone in your league goes running back and there's just not value at that position anymore. Maybe you're looking at a guy like J.K. Dobbins at the 20th overall pick and you're like, well, that's not great, but you're just so locked into going running back, you draft him and you pass up on some crazy wide receiver value. You really just have to adjust in the middle of the draft. You have to be flexible. It's great to have a plan going in, but you gotta make sure you're ready to change because you don't wanna just laser in on something because I do think you're gonna end up regretting it and you're gonna lose value at other positions just because you're gonna be so close-minded on this one single strategy. The number four mistake that I also think is pretty common is obsessing over bye weeks. When I'm drafting, I literally could not care less about when players have bye weeks because you just don't know what's gonna happen throughout the season trades are going to happen. Your draft day team is not the team you're going to have for the entire season. This isn't a best ball format where you're going to pay attention to bye weeks. And honestly, you know, if all my guys have the same bye week, whatever, you know, I could kind of take that week off. And then, you know, worst case scenario, maybe I don't trade all those guys who have the same bye week. And then, you know, one week I'm going to have a tough chance to win, but then almost every other week I'm going full strength. I just think it's kind of a crazy factor for some people to be like, oh, I'm not drafting him. He has the same buy as this player. I just think it's not that big of a deal. And if you're actively going with a player that you think is going to be worse just because they have a different bye week than your teammate, I just think you're making a mistake. I just think bye weeks are way overrated. And I mean, the only time it should come into consideration is maybe, you know, you have two guys so close together, you literally can't decide. 
then you know potentially you go with the bye week that's a little bit different. But I feel like those are just extreme circumstances. So I would just urge you guys to not pay attention to those bye weeks because they're really not going to matter in the long run. At number five, I have a topic that kind of seems to be underreported in the fantasy football community. And this would be the mistake of disregarding your fantasy platform's ADP. And what I mean by this is you could be drafting on a ton of different apps. Is it a Yahoo League? ESPN? Is it on Sleeper or is it on any of the other, you know, million fantasy apps that you can draft on? But it's very important to know the ADP on each platform because they're definitely going to vary. And I do think when a lot of people are on the clock, they just kind of tend to look at the top overall players, you know, on each site's rankings. So I think it's very important, you know, even an hour before the draft, you can just scroll through the site's ADP and just kind of notice some players that you think are undervalued, overvalued. I've done some drafts on ESPN recently, and I've noticed that Mike Davis is just way down the rankings. I think he's crazy undervalued. So he's a guy that I've actually been able to draft way later than I would in other leagues, just because people aren't really seeing him on the queue. I don't really think people understand how much each site's rankings really do impact the draft. A lot of people, you know, whoever they get their eyes on, the top guys, that's who they're going to go out and get. Because even if a guy's, you know, ranked pretty terribly, you know, they may be the top guy on the board. People are going to be like, oh, why is this guy falling? And they may just go out and draft him, you know, because they think they're getting some sort of value. But I think this is really a key tip that can separate you from the rest of the pack. If you're really able to analyze that ADP, find the areas that you think there are a lot of value, and then you're just going to be able to capitalize on your value in every single round. And I think that can really set you apart. All right, so this is going to be the sixth and final draft day mistake that you guys should be avoiding, and it's going to be not understanding your league slash league mates. So it is crucial that you understand what kind of league you're in, and I don't just mean like the scoring settings. Obviously, that's very important, but in terms of the competitiveness and then also just your league mates in general, everyone drafts differently. You're going to have some leagues with just a ton of super analytical people. They're crazy into fantasy football. You know, they might not be well-versed with all the different fantasy football strategies. And this kind of connects into reading the draft board, but you're going to kind of be able to see what kind of drafters people are. You know, if someone goes out and they're drafting like a quarterback in the first round, you kind of know maybe they're not going to be making the sharpest picks throughout the draft. And that's another thing where you can combine that with reading the draft board. You can kind of understand if they're picking before or after you, how to kind of take advantage of that. And this is something that I think can carry into the fantasy football season. If you kind of know the strategy of your league mates, it makes it much easier to trade with them. You know, you have some league mates who are very impatient. They want to see production right away. And maybe one of their studs underperforms in the first few weeks and they're ready to ship them off. If you're getting offers for guys that were like top picks at the start of the season, that's an opportunity for you to go out, maybe counter that trade, you know, talk through different options because you're going to be able to capitalize on their kind of quick, irrational actions and really just help your team out in the long run. So that is going to wrap it up for my six must avoid draft day mistakes. I hope this video was helpful and entertaining. If it was, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that these are mistakes you guys should be avoiding? Do you have some other kind of tips that you use in your drafts? Let me know down below and I'll respond to everyone who comments. If you made it all the way through the video, thank you so much and I'll see you guys next time.